0: So the last couple of weeks um, we've been looking at, um, we've kind of stepped into another major section of, of this systematic theology study. We've been looking at uh, the doctrine of God and particularly kind of in the opening parts of that we've been looking at uh, the knowability of God or can we, know, can we know that God exists, how can we know that God exists? Uh, and 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 also, like, to what degree can we know God? Can we experience God? Uh, we've kind of been looking at that. So um, throughout this study, one of the one of the approaches that we've taken is we've kind of we've looked at a particular uh, a particular topic, right? And then we've explored the church's understanding of that topic from the time of Christ to today. So today would actually be that portion where we would go back and we would look kind of what is the ch- how's the church's understanding of how can we know God exists, how can we know God, how's that looked throughout the history of the church. Um, Today being Easter, I wanted to kind of take a different approach to that. So what I wanted to do today um, is I actually want us to look and I want us to explore how God himself has been making himself known throughout history. Right? Um, so from the, from the beginning to today, God has been showing himself and, and he's been revealing, he, throughout history, he has been revealing himself more and more and, and I would say that ultimately that culminated, um, in the work of Christ. Like we can know God, uh, most intimately, most deeply, uh, most truly by exploring Christ and who Christ is. Uh, so in the book of Hebrews, we're going to be looking at several places today um, i've actually got 1 2 3 4 6 7 8 9 <laughs> 10 15 ish places that we're going to look today okay so it's we're going to we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to kind of progress through this um, so let me let me myself flip to uh, flip to the book of hebrews here um Oh, I flipped to James. That's because I've got fat fingers <laughs> and my screen <laughs> has really tiny words. And so you did all I say start at the beginning of the book. I do. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we're gonna start at the beginning quite literally. And we're gonna we're not gonna read everything. We're gonna progress pretty quickly through this. Um so I want us to sit, so I, like as I thought about like where to start, how to how to approach this God revealing himself through history, I think um Dustin has done an excellent job um doing this and and like when you think about like the approach that Dustin has taken with with looking throughout scripture from the old testament progressing, you know, through the book of Genesis and each thing, like how God has revealed himself, how, 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 like, like how every piece of scripture points to Christ. That's that effort, right? Do we realize, uh, I wonder, like, how many times we have to be told that it's all about Christ before we realize that literally everything um, revolves around him, right? Like, like, to the extent that I could say all history revolves around him, right? So like when we look at, here's what's, like when I can, cons- and to what extent, Landon, to what extent does all history revolve around him? So much so is that, is, is, the, is it true that all of history revolves around him that we look at the lives of men in the Old Testament and God so constructed history that their lives testify to who Christ would be sometime later, right? So like, like God has orchestrated all things... To point and glorify himself in the work of Christ, right? So, like, he steers all of history, and I think I think the book of Hebrews does a good job at highlighting this. Um, and so, like, if you were to look at the book of Hebrews, much of the book of Hebrews, you could summarize it by saying that Hebrews is trying to tell you that Christ is the greater, right? Or Christ is the superior. So like you've got these shadows that are seen clearly in the work of Christ. And the Hebrews goes through the effort of making that known. Right, So we're going to look at various places of Scripture today where we're going to see that Christ is the greater prophet. He's the greater servant. He's the greater messenger, the greater minister, the greater brother, the greater human, the greater man, the greater sacrifice, the greater helpmate. He's the greater Moses, the greater Joshua, the greater high priest. He's the greater Melchizedek. He's the greater hope. He's the greater mediator. He's the greater intercessor, right? So, like all of these things, we can see in this one book, right? Like, like this is like that's a lot, right? So, like, I want us to, per, I want us to read all the scriptures so that we see that it's pointing to this, and then we, and, and then we're going to look kind of, at... we're going to glance at Hebrews uh, eleven as well, uh, given enough, given enough time here uh, to see how even in the lives of the people who are listed in kind of the hall of faith there, that we see that Christ is the greater, right? Like that He is the greater there as well. Um, So Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by a Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom... Also he created the world. So one thing that I want us to one one thing that I want us to note here is that is that is that Hebrews here is pointing out to us as well what what I would call this progressive revelation of God to man, right? Is that in the past God revealed himself and how did he reveal himself? Through the prophets, Through the prophets right? And if you go and you look from the very beginning from like the first like like prophecy of Christ's coming, right? Like like where he's where, where God Himself is speaking to Adam and Eve and, and he he says to Eve that that, that that her offspring will crush the head of the serpent, right? Like this first glimpse to the promise that that there's something to look forward to that God is going to do working in history like from that point on, God progressively revealing Himself to mankind, choosing for Himself a people, giving Word, giving His Word to them, giving His law to them, revealing His character to them, progressing through prophet after prophet, king after king, right? Like, and God is continually showing more of who He is, ultimately that culminating in Christ, right? Ultimately, at the resurrection, we see most clearly that all that Christ said about who He was is true because dead men stay dead unless they are God. Right? Right? So had you killed any other man that was lesser than who Christ is, they would have stayed dead. How do we know that? Because when you die, you will stay dead lest you are raised by one who has power over death itself and Christ did, right? Christ said, so in the resurrection we see ultimately that He is all that He claimed to be, right? So we see that in Him. So so God has been revealing Himself ultimately, that culminating in the last days here, um, He's spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, to whom also He created the world. So the prophets were good, but Christ... It's greater. Christ is the greater prophet. Hebrew, Hebrews 1, 3, and, and 4. So, uh, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. So, if you're wondering, what do you see when you look upon Christ, right? What do you see when you explore who Christ is? The answer to that? God, right? He's the exact imprint of His nature and upholds the universe by the word of His power. Consider this. When Christ died on the cross, this statement about Him was true. In death, He held the universe together. Though His human flesh died, He was God. And you cannot kill that. Right? And that God can give life to the flesh. Right? So while he was hanging on the cross, in no way did he struggle to keep all the particles in motion. Right? We see that in Christ. So after making continuing on in verse three, after making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become much superior to the angels, as the name he has inherited is more is more excellent than theirs, so he's greater than who? He's superior to the angels here. Now, now we reflect on what are the angels like? What were their purpose? What do we see them doing throughout Scripture? We see them as servants, messengers, ministers, right? So, like, we see them serving the Most High. We see them bringing words from God to man. So, they're messengers. And we see them ministering unto men, right? So, they are servants, messengers, ministers, Christ is superior in all respects to them, just as his name that he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Uh, let's flip now to Hebrews chapter two verse eleven so hebrews two eleven uh, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. This is speaking of Christ here Christ is our brother and Christ is the better brother, right? So like when we when we reflect on all of humanity and all of history, like like there's going to be a part where we're going to look and we're going to see Abel and Abel's sacrifice could not cover for Cain, right? 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 Is as, as as accepted as this sacrifice was, his sacrifice was not good enough, right? As a brother, he could not provide a sacrifice sufficient for his brother. Not so with Christ. Christ is the greater brother, right? Whose sacrifice is sufficient for his brothers and his sisters. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share, the, share in the flesh and blood, he himself. Likewise took part of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has power over death or has the power of death that is the devil and deliver all those who whose uh, all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So what does it mean that that, that he that he himself took part in the same things here? Right? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. so he took Yeah, he took part in humanity, right? Like, he became human, right? He became flesh. He took on flesh. He is the better man, right? He is, he is the more, he is, he is the better human. He is, when we look at what it means to be mankind, right? We look to him and we see what we will in and through him become, right? like he is the better man and he's the better sacrifice there as well right like like it's through death that he destroyed the power of death right he is the better sacrifice chapter 2 verse 18 for because he himself has suffered when tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted what does that tell us about him? He is the better helpmate, right? He's the better helper, because yes, yes, he has. Like there is no suffering that man has endured that the Savior has not endured, right? There's there's none, and I, none, right? oh pain that you have endured your savior has experienced such pain right you can't right you can't you don't know what it's like really really right you don't know my pain really rejection Holler at me when you are nailed on the cross by the ones that you created right by the ones who, in the very moment that they're acting in that sin, you are the one holding the particles in their body together, right? And you know their heart. And you know their heart, right? And then in that moment, what does he say? Right, he's the greater, right? He is without a doubt the greater, and he's the helpmate, right? Because he suffered, he can help us when we suffer because he was tempted he can help us when we're tempted. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 3 For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses as much more glory as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. Consider this and consider like the 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 prestige that Moses had amongst the people of Israel, right? Consider that. All that he had done, right? Like when you look at the old when you look at the Old Testament and the work that was done through Moses, there are few that compare to the effort that went in that, that God put in to telling his story through him, right? And yet we find Christ the better Moses, uh who who uh, who, uh is a mediator to a better covenant than Moses, right? So Christ is a better Moses. Hebrews chapter <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4 verse 8. He's a better Joshua, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on, right? So Jesus is the one who gives rest, right? Jesus is the better Joshua. Verse 14 through 16 of that same chapter, Jesus is the greater high priest. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast Our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christ is the greater high priest who offers the greater offering for us. Right? So the priest going in to offer sacrifice for Israel must first atone for their own, right? They must offer sacrifice for their own sin. Christ not only did not need atone for His own sin, but it was His blood, not the blood of animals, that atoned for our sin. Christ is the greater High Priest. Yes. It wasn't in secret. It wasn't. It was I mean, he put to open mockery the 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 principalities of this world in the way that he lived, died and was resurrected, right? Like this was not something that was a hidden thing, right? So, uh, verse 6, same uh, or verse 6 of chapter 5, uh, forever uh, you are speaking of Christ You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So before the before the priesthood in Israel there was a man who makes one small one small stop in the Old Testament and it's a strange thing. Like he comes and goes and it's like you find you find the the great patriarch of, of Israel offering an offering, giving a tithe to this man that literally here he is and then he's gone. And it's like you you hear, you hear nothing. You hear nothing else of him, right? But you know this: you know that he's a king. You know that he's a priest, right? Christ is the greater Melchizedek. He's the greater king and a priest, right? So let's continue on Hebrews chapter seven. So flip over to Hebrews chapter seven with me. We're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter seven. Uh, verse 9 or excuse me verse 19 I'm going to actually step back and read verse 18 and then 19 is where we're going to be looking specifically Though, for on the one hand the former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness for the law made nothing perfect but on the other hand a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God Christ is the better hope right Christ is the better hope. He's the hope that we rest in. The hope that we ultimately hope for. He's a better mediator in verse 22 of that that same chapter. This makes Jesus the uh, guarantor of a better covenant. Right? He's the mediator of a better covenant. He's a better mediator. He's a better Moses. A better Joshua. So let's look now uh, at verse 25 of that same chapter. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives and makes intercession for them. Christ is a greater intercessor between us and the Father. Let's look now in chapter uh, 8 verse 6 we're going to see again where he's a where it speaks of him here as being a mediator. So verse 8 or chapter 8 verse 6 but but as it is Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old ministry as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises, right? So we hope in better promises Christ is a mediator to a better covenant. Let's look now at verse 12 of chapter 9. So chapter 9, verse 12. Actually, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read a little bit A little bit more. I'm going to go back into 11 here as well. So, but when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. He's a better sacrifice, a better Savior. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Let's flip over now to... Um, which. Here's, here's, what, here's what we'll do because we're, we're going to end up running short on time and I don't want us to run too far over today. I want us to be able to dismiss um, inappropriate time. Read through, uh, read through the whole of faith on, on your own. Um, look at each name and do this. Reflect on the life that they lived. right? Reflect on the life that they lived and, and the aspects to which their lives pointed to Christ Himself. Right, like, like, do. It's worth the effort. It's going to take you some time digging into each name, going back and looking in the Old Testament. Like, look through those names that are that are listed there and reflect on how their lives were directed in such a way that they point to God. Right. So like, and, and, and this is kind of what I want us to get is that we know God because God has made Himself known to us in creation, in His Word. He makes Himself known to us through history itself, right? Like, He orchestrated all time to glorify Himself in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. All of time revolves around that. God did that, right? Like that was plan A from the beginning, right? Consider that God shapes time and history itself to make himself known. Because that's what took place, right? From the minute details, right? Like where you've got where you've got people who sinned and because of their sin, You can go and look through the names of the lineage of Christ Himself and find people that ought not be there. Right? Like legitimately. And yet they are. Because of their faith and because God. Right? Because God. All of history... All of history, he's working, right? And so shapes our uh, thoughts about toward one another and toward the lost and toward the weak, because that's what God used to make fool- the foolish things of this world. And so, when we reach out to the homeless, we reach out to the orphan. We—that's—that's that's the people, yeah, you, you know, yeah, that we're reading about. Yeah. Or those that are drunk, or those that are have addictions, like we we forget that's who they were. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And who we once were. You know. So God has made Himself known to us, and in the work of Christ, we see that He desires intimacy with us. Right. Like He became flesh. To make Himself known, right? When we look at Christ, we see the fullness of God, right? Like we know who God is by looking upon Christ, right? God has made Himself known to us. He's done this in unavoidable ways for each and every one of you. You believe because He made Himself known to you, right? So I want us to end with this. Because we know Christ, we can respond to Him by drawing near to Him. Hebrews chapter 10. um, Let's look at verses 19 through 25 here. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened up for us through the curtain, that is, Through his flesh, and since he and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Lacking faith, like because the work of Christ should should we like should we draw near to him in anything less than confidence? Like, should, do, when we draw near to Him, should it be in our minds this, that, or the other that I am not worthy? Or should we draw near to Him because of Christ, right? Because of Christ. Listen at this. Listen at the Scripture where our confidence to draw near comes from, right? Consider this: that you can draw near to God not because you are great or good, but because Christ is greater. Right? Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, because He's the greater sacrifice, by the new and living way, because He offers a greater covenant to us, He opened through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, a better offering. And since we have a great priest, we have the greater high priest. Over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed by pure water. Because He is the greater. Right? Because He is the greater. Verse 23, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Because He is the greater hope. For He who promised is Faithful. And let us consider now, and let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works. Like let us, because of this, be encouragers to one another, right? Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let us encourage one another. Let us be encouragers. We can do this because we have, a, we have a Savior who is the greater, right? So we're going we're to close with that. That way we make sure we get um, we, we, we all kind of get out and get oriented in the service.